Hey, patrons, it's uh, Drew. I want to say thanks. Uh, let's see, give you a little context here when I'm recording this message. Sunday night, uh, I don't know when this episode will be aired or when this message will be aired, but it's uh, Sunday night, a week before Memorial Day weekend. I don't know, what's that, like the 22nd? Uh, and yeah, I hope you're having a great, uh, like, maybe by the time you read this, it's June. I hope you're having a great June or late May. And thanks so much for supporting the show. Uh, good night. Here's an ad-free episode with extra, you know, extra, like, this kind of, This is like the cherry on top. I try to make thanks. Uh, hey, you've only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast. It's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to attempt to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's been keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, you know, racing thoughts, you know, meandering thoughts, over, over too much thinking or too little. You know, I say pesky thoughts. I don't know if I've used that word on the podcast before. Hopefully I'll remember to go back to that. Pesky thoughts. Uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, emotions, travel, you know, your partner's out of town, whatever it is that's keeping me awake, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. And the method I attempted to you, I guess it's method, well, it's a strong word, method in this case. I would say technique, but again, like uh, that would be um, a bit of an overstatement. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark. I'm just going to do stuff. I, I don't need those complicated words. And some of the stuff I'm going to do, I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, measured, creaky dulcet tones and, you know, hopefully a pace that uh, suits them or fits them. What else? What else? Forgetful. I'm, I'm going to be forgetful. A lot of pausing, and like, like the whole idea is to, to, to distract you from whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, physical, mental, or emotional, or situational, or something just baffling. Like when you're baffled, you say, "I did everything. I thought I did everything right," according to those uh, sleep lists. I even dipped my pinky toes in valerian root or whatever the heck it is, you know, the new, whatever the newest thing is. Steeped my heels in uh, peaches. Don't do that one. It's not recommended and it doesn't work. And it's it's actually a total disaster. Because I was thinking of my own, like, like, you know, because I tried to figure out, like, figuring out the podcast and all that. I said, well, what if I, uh, what if I became a sleep, you know, what if I had my own sleep, you know, guru institute of sleep? And I said, okay, well, they said, I like that guru. I like the way that sounds, guru. What could we do that's guru? And I said, well, most of the stuff that, uh, the, most of the stuff's already out there. And so we'd have to come up with new stuff. And I said, what about uh, di- dipping your heels in peaches? And then another part of me said, uh, what about steeping? your heels and i said well that's what you do to tea so that that must be good for bedtime then steeping in anything how about that one like just this is a proposal for people that are having a hard time with something instead of stewing in your own juices how about you i guess you yeah you could steep in your own juices doesn't that sound like a little bit 
you know, prefer, like, prefer, what is that word I'm looking for? When you prefer that? Well, yeah, I was so irritated. Then I took a few breaths. So instead, and then I was steeping in my own, I, I, no, no. I guess you're like, uh, yeah, we should just move away. But steeping, but then I, then I actually said, well, I better test this out before I start selling my, uh, you know, 10 part uh, sleep course. You know, because on a, a Star Trek episode, Data had like a 16 part dance course. And I said, okay, step one, you know, first, you know, cut the peaches. Anyway, actually, there might be new listeners here, so I better give it, get, back, get back to them. I'm distracted by my own distractions. I'll tell you what, though, if you, if you got, like, not, not sleep-related, but peach-related, if you, a sun-warmed peach, you put it, like, you put a sun-warmed peach on anything, if you're outside and you have access to a hose, if you're not inside... Oh, boy. I mean, this is the kind of thing most people would frown upon, but we could talk about it here on the podcast. Like, uh, it, it, I guess this sounds ridiculous, uh, but I, 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 if you close your eyes and picture it with me, I think you'll agree. The feel of a warm peach between your toes, there's nothing. I can Now I can hear peaches crying everywhere. Right now, as this podcast goes out, uh, the peach farmers are, you know, wake. They're saying, "What's going? What, what's, what's that sound coming from the orchards, dear?" I think it's the it's the peaches are crying. What do you think's causing them to cry? I don't know. They're crying out in. Uh, I don't know. Let's just go back. Put that sleep podcaster on. Let's just go back to sleep to his nonsense. But I'll tell you what. There's really nothing that says uh, a luxury. Well, I guess it's like like a free luxury. The lo- free luxuries of life is that not a luxury if it's free? Probably not. Uh, the sweeter things in life, a peach between the toes. You're not going to get this kind of stuff on any other podcast if you're new. By the way, this stuff this stuff comes free. These are pro am tips. They're not professional tri- chips, and they're probably worse than amateur tips. But pro am sounds better, so I call them my pro am tips. Definitely not pro tips. And AM tips uh, sounds like something, you know, I would say in another part of the pot, like AM, AM tips. Uh, but you get, 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 now, no, 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 again, just don't put any peach between your toes. Only Georgia peaches. Uh, oh, by the way, tonight's episode is sponsored by the Georgia Peach Council. For if you want a peach between your toes, make it a Georgia peach. Georgia peaches, they're what's between my toes. Where did, like, I, I just, like, uh, but the only reason I'm stuck on this is because, and I'm sh- like, I'm sure some of you may be nodding, and the peach farmers are tossing and turning, and the poor peaches. Here's something. If you're going to put a peach between your toes, pet it first and say, well, you're so soft. Uh, I'm just going to leave you out here in the sun to, to warm and relax you, soften you up, you know, make you a little more smushy, especially ripe peaches we're talking about. Yeah, the scooter method, peach, scooter method, step one, peach between the toes. Uh, have I taught, I feel like I'm, I'm also getting deja vu. I'm the only person that gets deja vu about having peaches between the toes. I realized that was because I had another business I thought about starting with the asphalt, but I guess I got toe, like I have toes on the brain. So if you're new, usually I get to you earlier. I apologize. If you're new to this podcast, a little bit, uh, a little bit off the chart, you know, in strangeness. Uh, 
but I'm glad you're here. The re- reason I make this show, one of the reasons is because I've always had issues sleeping. So I can relate. And this is a podcast, but you don't need to listen to it. You just let it distract you, maybe partially engage you. Just like the, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident this peach between the toes idea. Anybody's had a sun warm peach is saying, well, that might not feel so bad. Uh, again, he has a point about having a, a hose handy because you really don't want to go back. You know, once you've had a peach between your toes, you can't go walking around the house. Uh, so those are pro-am tips. But so your podcast, you don't need to listen to, you know, to kind of fall asleep at your leisure. The whole idea is, is that I'll distract you as you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep. Um, so you don't need to listen, but don't, you're also you're under no pressure to fall asleep. This episode will be about an hour. So I'll be here the whole time to keep you company in case you can't fall asleep or in case, you you know, you get something really intense going on. You just want some company in the deep, dark night. I'll be here to keep you company, uh, to take your mind off of it. But but you don't need to listen. You could say, well, like if I, and, and I'm telling you, long-time listeners, that are, they say, well, he, I think he, I wonder how many times he's going to go back to talk. He, and you could, long, real long-time listeners to say, he can't get those peaches out of his mind. I say, that's right. I guess it, like I do have a peach. I guess I have a peach section in my brain. Here's another use for peaches in self care. Since this is the year of self care, you know, peaches between the toes. Also, this may be like you want a firmer peach for this. Uh, but you know, some self soothing. You know, rub your cheeks like you. You know what I mean? Like in a nu- nuzzle of peach. I guess that's exactly what I mean. You know, but you know, maybe before you sun warm it, maybe after. But not with a super ripe peach, especially if you have like a fuzzy face like mine, that peach would get broken open. But that does feel good, especially with a fuzzy peach, especially those Georgia peaches. Uh, they're good for the toes and they're good for a nuzzle. Georgia peach, it's what you nuzzle when you need a nuzzle from a peach, Georgia peaches. Also, I don't know if there's any Georgia peaches, so please don't, please don't, uh, if you're trademarked, this is a very, this is parody. This podcast is a parody of itself. Uh, it's, this is also a satire. Uh, this is satiring, uh, I don't, but it is. So just in case, uh, it, you know, and if you're in the middle of satire, you know, have yourself a bite of a George Peach. Never felt better, you know, never feels better. Where was I? So, but seriously, nuzzling peaches is another good way to to, to uh, say, you know what? It's tough being human. Let me nuzzle this peach. I'm tough being a peach. Yeah, clearly, if if the peach community is listening, that's been established. Uh, after that day with Scoots in the podcast, uh, came a lot harder to be a peach. So, okay, so I'm here to take your mind off stuff. Structure a show. I mean, we're kind of, it's, we're kind of past that point, but there's five minutes of business at the top of the show. Kind of critical to listen to that. Uh, if you, if you're going to become a regular listener, if it's only your, your first couple of times and you're on the fence, you could skip it. But otherwise, you know, that's how the show keeps going. Then we have an intro that we're at the end of. They're usually about 12 minutes, which I think we're passing the 12 minute mark right around now. And uh, they're basically like a show within a show. Some listeners fall asleep here. Some people, listeners, get, you know, they're brushing their teeth, peaching their toes, you know, nuzzling their stone. Nuzzle a stone fruit month, September. No, I don't know if that wouldn't be the best month. You're right. Uh, 
No, what is the best month to nuzzle a stone for? Probably June. I think July is when their peak ripeness, uh, maybe August. Uh, so I guess you could, like, well, I'll talk to the Peach Council on that one. Nuzzle a stone fruit month. Uh, do yourself a favor. Nuzzle a stone fruit, but make it a Georgia peach. Because uh, those nectarines, you know, they're, they're, they're not that good. They're more great for practicing kissing. Uh, anyway, so I'm glad you're here. Uh, so then the show will be, I think I covered it. I mean, if you're a new listener, this is a good one to say, well, let me, like, give the podcast a few tries. You're under no pressure to like this show or for it to work for you. So if you're hearing me and you're saying, what in the heck is this dude talking about? You know, maybe give it a few tries because this isn't like a aggressive thing. It's a sleep offering. You could try it out. I hope it works for you. But I would say the majority of the reviews and the people I hear from, they say, well, at the first I was like, what in the heck? Uh, this guy's talking about, yes, yeah, right, I'm talking about like expanding our use of peaches for the year of self-care, 2017 or whatever year you're listening to this. And I could see the other side of the issue, you know, let's adopt, you know, that's why I said like uh, the nuzzling of the peach, I think, is a two-way street. And it might feel good to be a peach between people's toes, you know. I mean, the sun, sun warming usually feels good. So it just diffused to that, I think. It just, just that was a, I don't usually have to diffuse things in this podcast, but, uh, so that's it. I mean, I hope that you're peachy keen on this podcast, you know, like, uh, peachy keen was a phrase, I think, I, don't, I think it got re, reused in the eighties. So maybe that'll come back. I don't know. But that means you like it, you know, you're sweet on it. Like a sweet Georgia peach. Uh, but this is a podcast to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story, as I said. And you don't have to do anything. Just kick back. I'm here for you. Uh, to be your boyfriend. Because I've been there in the deep, dark night, sleepless. So I can relate. Uh, I may not know what you're going through. But, you know, what? I can relate to the tossing and turning and all of that. And that's why I say this to every single intro. I'm glad you're here. I work very hard, I strive, and I yearn because I really want to help you fall asleep. Thank you for coming by. Hi, everybody. This is Simon here. Uh, Simon, P.I. And uh, this is my uh, show. Uh, this is like, uh, I think I almost had a, a title for it. But I wanted to clarify a question that came in uh I think I had a dream about it. It's like, uh, this is something I learned up here. I, I live on the big farm. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to explain. So my name's Simon. I'm a private eye. A detective more in the vein of Encyclopedia Brown and Cam Jansen. Uh, than those other, than the others, you know, then Sherlock Holmes. You know, I'm learning. I'm at a kid level with my, uh. And I'm also a kid in this new world I live in. I live in the big farm in the sky, uh, which, you know, you may, 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 may or not have heard of it or believe in it, but that's where I am. Now, so far, most of the cases I've taken on uh, have been, uh, you know, stuff around here. I, I, I always dreamed of being an investigator. It never happened. Then I dreamed of writing mysteries. It didn't happen. Up here in the big farm, you're supposed to do what you wanted to do. 
I guess, like, I guess, like, I'm not sure there's stages or whatever, because I'm not 100% free of fear or anything like that, but I do feel a lot better up here. And a lot of more of our needs are taken care of. Uh, so the assumption is you're supposed to do what you want to do, uh, or you always wanted to do that, you know, and I want to be a detective. So that's how I started uh, my investigation business. Now, up here on the big farm, cases aren't quite as flashy as the ones Encyclopedia Brown and the likes are de- we're dealing with. Also, for some reason, I don't remember any of his cases. I think there was one with a missing penny or a wooden nickel or something, but I don't remember. Not important. But that was the case. So the less conflict up here, but still enough for me to crack, you know, try to crack some cases, which we've done. And when I say we, I mean, in this, this is an unintentional rhyme here, is my niece G, uh, short for Georgina, uh, and she doesn't live in the big farm. She lives down in the world uh, known as, uh, you know, Earth and stuff like that. And, yeah, go visit her. We talk. She sees me. You could say I'm a G word, you know, like a G-H word, but she knows that I'm her uncle. So you could say, well, it's a sp- S-P-I-R-T word. Because uh, she feels like, like I, before she before she acknowledged me, I was just going there to check on her, watch her, to get get ready for, you know, get, you know, that she would fall asleep good. Plus, I missed her. I was homesick. We get homesick up here, or at least I do. So those are a couple things about, I think that's maybe all you need to know. So we've been working on cases together, uh, you know, like Watson and Crick or whatever. The, the, you know, they, the, you're not going to solve everything on your own. Curie and Curie, were they a team or was it just Marie? But, but you know, geez, the brains of the operation anyway. I just happen to live in a world where uh, the cases are a bit strange. But a question I thought of, I had a dream about last night of somebody asking me, and then I found out, I, I've been, oh, also when I first moved to the big farm, I didn't get out a lot. Uh, because I thought, well, you get to do what you want to do. I don't want to leave, I just want to stay home. That's what I want to do. Uh, I want to be left alone, and that's it. So I'll just drink my chocolate milk and be left alone. But it turns out, like, what you really want to do, you know, they bold it and underline and italicize it. Uh, like, if you weren't grouchy, like, like subconscious, they say, what if your subconscious worked great? No offense to the earth, you know, they, 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 but with me, there was some stuff going on there. I don't know. I don't get all the answers. I'm still new up here. And yes, it is up here in some sense, uh, but you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't understand but something you would understand that I tried to learn about is, oh, okay, so your Uncle Simon, you go see your niece, G. Does that happen? You know, we saw the Shyamalan movie. Does that happen with everybody or what? We you know, what's the deal with either the G word or the S word, you know? Casperin, like, can you be a Casper? Can everybody be a Casper? A friendly friend. Turns out the answer is no. Now, I don't think it's genetics. I don't think it's based in your genes. But it's kind of rare that you could, let's call it a traveler. I travel from the big farm uh, to the earthly world. Now, I can't really physically do much down there, but I can't interact with G.
because uh, I did try knocking someone's water over with my mind uh, to, to irritate them, but uh, maybe it was because my intentions weren't pure, you know, and I said, well, maybe I'm, you know, wake them up, but, but it, it, you know, I'm not a perfect person. Uh, but not everybody can go down to that world. Not everybody can be a Casper. It's a rare thing, uh, random. Nobody knows why that I've asked around. They said, don't, you know, like your ego's less up here. So my ego's not really, I mean, it's pretty cool, though. I get to go and see G. But in some sense, I also know I need her because I would. I don't know if I would have left my kid, you know. So I, so I accept the fact that I say, well, maybe I could go down there because I need to. Where back in the day, I'd say, hey, I'm pretty hot stuff. I get to, I, I'm like a Casper. I'm a friendly G-word floating around and, uh, you know, checking stuff out. October 31st, you know where to find me. I'll be on Earth, you know. You know, maybe I'll be in the Great Pumpkin. I mean, is the Great Pumpkin? I don't know. I, that's all I know, though. It's a rare thing. So not a, everybody up here, and this up here is a big, big up here. Not everybody lives in the big farm. I, I think that's what I was like uh, projecting on the afterlife. So that's where I ended up. If you like, uh, otherwise you probably overload your circuits. Uh, is my guess. I think my brain's operating at a higher capacity. Does it? You never heard me recorded when I was uh, an earthly being. Anyway, I guess. Uh, so not everybody can travel to Earth. That was my point. But my other point was, uh, we, oh, I, 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 I just got back from CNG with, with the hot new case. And that's what I wanted to tell you about. So I raced down there because I had big news that we had a new case. And it was a, a, a strange, strange case. The case of, uh, the message in the bottle, uh, was what I was going to title it, so I'd stay sounding. I mean, I think that was the case. And I said, uh, holy cow, I got a message in a bottle. Must be the case. Now, I raced down to tell G about it because he said, you wouldn't believe, uh, like, she seemed a little distracted when I got there, which isn't totally, she, she's just a kid, and, you know, it's, it's got to be strange having your uncle show up. But, you know, I knock and stuff. But so I got down there, and I said, gee, you're not going to believe it. And you, and you that are listening, like, uh, hopefully some heavenly transcriptionist that's going to make this into a book uh, about my cases. Uh, so my home, I don't know if my house moved. Uh, where I lived it was in the same place, but it be- suddenly became beachfront property. Because I said, I'd like to, like, sometimes, I don't know if it's wish fulfillment, but I'd been thinking about moving. I said, well, I'd like to find a, like, if I, and I think I maybe even told somebody, I said, well, I'd like to live on the beach. Next thing I know, I look out, well, I heard the waves crashing, and I look out the window, and I live on the beach now. My house is on the beach. There's the beach. There's the ocean. I, I assume it's an ocean. Inland sea. Salt water, it's salt, salty water, and the waves are crashing, and there's a boardwalk. It's really a dream situation. My front, like, uh, the front of my house looks out on the boardwalk and then the beach. So I could people watch. It's like, uh, I, I said, why didn't you just give me this place when I got here? Uh, I said that to myself, you know, to, like to whatever, the, the, the keepers of the big farm. I assume they're always listening, but their intentions are pure. 
which so I was sitting there, people watching in front of the house, and I had my detective agency set up in the garage, but the garage faces the boardwalk. I don't know why. I don't know if, if, if the, what the car situation is, but not a big deal because I need the garage for my detective agency. And I'm waiting for the next case. These are the tricks I learned from, I think I learned that from Encyclopedia Brown. You sit around in your garage and you wait for the next case. You got to sign up and all that. And I'm waiting there. And I'm listening to the waves and people are like a bit like Earth. You know, people are skating by and all that. Uh, you know, less grouchy faces, less, less people. Nobody throws any garbage around. But so the waves, they get crashing even more. And I said, but it was a beautiful day. And then I noticed they're splashing, like I'm getting splashed a little bit. And then this wave comes and splashes right over me. And the whole nine yards, like a cartoon, there's a fish, you know, fish in my pants, everything. It takes care of itself. So it's more like, uh, like you got a trout in your pants or whatever, uh. But no, like, I, I had to laugh, too. And then, like, uh, all the fish went back to the sea, and the water retreated, and I realized that, you know, I'm in, I'm in the big farm. What do I care if I got a little wet? And my house got wet. You know, you don't got to worry about a, uh, you know, your phone getting wet up here. Then I look on the table where I wait for my cases, and there is a message in a bottle. I'm telling all this to G, but I can tell she's not with me. She's saying, like, this is, you know, amazing stuff. My house is on the beach now. Wave crashes over me. Trout in my pants. A kid should laugh at that. She didn't laugh. Wave goes back out. There's a message in a bottle on my table, but she does, she's not saying anything. Then I pulled the message with cork. Uh, really, really in there. I pulled the cork out. I pulled the message in the bottom. You know, I'm, I'm telling the story. And I think I'm a pretty good storyteller. You know, to you, I'm relaying information, you know, to be made into my, my uh, so either my exploits can be documented or, you know, for my, my, my books. So it's not as important here for me to get right to the point, but I did with G. And then I said, in there is a rolled up piece of parchment. A message in a bottle, G, with our next case. I think it's our next case. Like, at first I said, what in the heck? Uh, but then I thought about this. Uh, was this some sort of intervention, you know, of the divine kind? This is, a, if you go with this whole universe, is divine. And I tell, I tell G, I say, and then I unroll the scroll, the, the uh, parchment, like a scroll, and there, handwritten is a note, but it's been got, it's gotten wet, so it's not 100% clear. And I pause like that, because she's just kind of looking at me. And every once in a while, she's looking around, and I say, yeah, but I say, well, she's like, not like I, 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 I knocked first. And I say, it said, it said, uh, like, they couldn't re read all the words because the ink was wet, she said, looking wrong place uh, uh can 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 help uh something something else you like uh don't you want to look i brought it i brought it with me don't you want to look at it uh then she kind of looked behind her and she said can you see him and i heard from her closet a voice say uh-huh 
And I said, what? And, and, and G said, Uncle Simon, I want you to meet somebody. And I said, why? Why? And then out of the closet comes her friend, uh, like uh, her friend. And uh, so we had some catching up to do because uh, this was her friend, Karen, Karen K. Double K. I thought for a while she was called Double K. Like when they were real little. Uh, they were friends, and she was called Double K. Now she goes by DK, short short for Double K, short for Karen K, Double K. At DK, she goes by now. So she says, this is my friend DK. I said, I remember her. I remember her. You were friends uh, years ago. She, she just has this wise look about her. And she said, I said, didn't you move to like Tennessee or something? She said, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then I sensed uh, the, the appetite in the room, if you don't mind me saying, was a bit serious. Uh, and I said, so I said, oh, we got some kids. And I said, and then I said, are you okay seeing me? And she said, yeah, uh, G told me all about you. And, uh, she said, sit down and she filled me in and, 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 and uh, her life had taken some turns, and she had been living with her grandfather. And she's got a wonderful family. So then, like, her grandfather, gone to the big, talk about coincidences, gone to the big farm, haven't met him. But, uh, and Karen was, DK was living with him. So she went to live with another family. And uh, G's parents found it. So now DK is kind of like G's sister in some sense. You know, her family's she's going to live with her. And, you know, I was kind of asking more, but I didn't want to, you know, it's not my my job to probe these things. Uh, just say, you know, be an uncle and say, hmm, okay. Okay, well, you know, it's and, and I guess if I, like, not much I can do. You know, you need me spill any water on anybody? I've tried that. Uh, but then we started talking because G has this thing, Foofy. Or I think it's called Foofy, and you, you're gonna you're gonna totally roll your eyes at this. Uh, but it's like a mop. Uh, that's her comfort thing. Like you know, some people have Wubby, and uh, I don't know what Encyclopedia Brown's thing was, but some people have you know a blanket or a stuffed animal. G's got a mop with a face on it, uh, but it's it, it's like one of those microfiber mops, uh, and it doesn't have a hard head, so it's kind of like a stuffed animal. She calls it Foofy. Her dad made it for her. My brother, he has the heart of a clown, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, so she was holding Foofy, and sometimes she pets Foofy, and a lot of times she was petting Foofy. And then we were talking about Foofy, you know, because they said, well, let me navigate here. What does the spirit do in these situations? Uh, so we were talking about Foofy. And then she said, would you say, like, Uncle Simon, did you ever have, like, a comfort item, like a little, like, a Foofy? What did you have? And then the two of them were joking, you know, giving me a hard time, you know, saying, what was it, an R.A.T. or uh it was, I mean, just like your your Uncle Simon, it, like it was a bit odd. You're right, it was a ship in a bottle. That was my comfort thing. And I would hold it just like you held Foofy. And I think we got it at a, like a, I don't remember where we got it. It wasn't my parents, but I, maybe I got it. I didn't build it. Uh, 
but it was a ship in a bottle, a sailing ship. It had a little ocean in there. And I wasn't, you know, I couldn't get it out. I always dreamed of getting it out and going and sailing on it. So I would imagine instead that I was in the bottle sailing on the ship. And anytime I felt down, I would just look in there and, or make the seas, you know, I'd use it to kind of interpret my emotions. Oh, let's calm the seas down. The seas are, and they were kind of watching me and, and wrapped these two. And they were saying, you held a bottle, a ship in a bottle for comfort. And I said, I did, I did, uh, I did. Uh. And they said, what did happen? I said, well, I dropped it one time. And, you know, that was the end of that comfort item. And they said, didn't you try? I said, no, the ship and the bottle broke. And uh, never, uh. he said, but at that time, you know, I was 45 years. And then they laughed. It wasn't. But, you know, I said that for their sakes. And it was clear this thing was going somewhere, which you could probably say, well, uh, what, DK, what's your comfort? And then G said, well, this is why. Uh, she goes, I think this is our case. It's great about your little bottle message thing, but she's missing. And she started to tell her about her comfort item. It was a music box. Uh, music box, uh, you know, you wind it up at the bottom you open it up and it plays a song on a little metal circle thing, plucking little uh, thingamajigs, you know, it goes, uh, and then she said it played Frere Jaca, like Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca, Dorme Vu. And she said she was, she was, because it was funny, because we both had hard things, and, you know, G has something that's kind of soft but weird, you know, mop, uh, a ship in a bottle and a music box. But she was talking about, you know, that makes sense. You could open it up and listen to it. It had a connection to her family, which was a big, you know, big farm situation. That's all I'm going to say about it. And so she would listen to it to, to take her mind off of stuff and to make her feel good. And she could keep it in her bed with her or next to her bed. And they said, oh, uh, what happened to your music box, DK? And she said, well, when my grandfather, he, he had to go, go, uh, he was, you know, had, he had his room. And she goes, I wanted him to have a comfort item. And she goes, he kind of already did, but I wanted him to have mine too. So he kept it at his bedside, uh, you know, to, to, so that he could listen. And, and then I said, oh, okay. So our case is the music box. And I said, we'll find it for you, DK. Don't worry. Uh, so uh, how, where are we in the case, uh, my fellow investigators? I presume we have a list of suspects for, for this uh, music box. So do we or do we not? Uh, and uh, like they said, yeah, we do. The first one is the family that uh, DK was living with, you know, temporarily. Uh, and, you know, they, like she was wondering if they took the music box. And, and this is my first uh, earthly investigation, right? Uh, so we waited till the next day. I came back. And we rolled over to the house, and then I said, so what's our move going to be? Should I just go go in there and float around and look for it? And they're like, no, no, it could be anywhere. And we said, we don't have an angle other than just asking them where her music box is. And they said, well, these, you only live with them. And she goes, they were nice people. Uh, but she goes, this is the only, and I said, well, okay, where was the last place you saw 
your music bed. She said, it was my, gra- my grandpa's bed. And I said, okay, next to his bed. And I said, what else was there? And she said, his glasses, a glass of water. And he, she said he had this leather travel clock. And I said, oh, one of those old school pop-open ones, huh? And she goes, yeah, wound up. Because uh, he was always joking that he was winding the music box and winding the clock. And then he would make a joke about his clock, clock, tick, tick, ticking. And I said, okay, we'll uh, go in there and uh, lead with the uh, lead with the travel clock then. And, uh, like, so her and G went up, and I hid in a bush right by the front door, DK, and G went up to the front of the house, and they knocked, and uh, uh, the head of the household, the woman, came to the door, and DK introduced G, and he said, what can I do for you, sweetie? So this, uh, this is your friend, you know, and they said, oh, tell your parents, uh, so glad this worked out, and... You know, niceties were exchanged. He said, what can I do for you? And DK said, well, I just can't. I've been thinking a lot about my grandpa. And I was thinking, like, uh, when when he was at his room, like, uh, I was just thinking about his travel clock, you know, because he always, and then they two had had a laugh about his travel clock and how it popped open, you know. And, but it, how wasn't that, now that you have a phone, you don't really need a travel clock, especially one that's not digital. And, but then, then they were still talking about how it popped open, how cool it was. And the, uh, the, the she goes, oh, well, she goes, your cousin, she goes, your cousin came and got that uh, travel clock. Uh, like, uh, like, uh, she goes, I remember. And she said, you'd have to talk to her about it because it was uh, like a, a thing she had the rights to it, uh, to take it. And she DK said, really? And she goes, did she take anything else? She goes, no, not that I remember. And then DK says, speaking of this stuff, like, what about my like glasses and my music box was with him? You remember my music box was in his room right next to the travel clock? You don't think it was with the travel clock, do you? And the woman said, no, I don't think it was. Uh, I just remember giving the travel clock to your cousin. She goes, the rest of your stuff uh, of your grandfather's. She goes, was that, that was your music box or your grandfather's? And uh, DK said, well, I loaned it. And she goes, well, yeah, it, was, it would, be, would have been with the rest of his stuff. And then the girls kind of were, st- you know, they were, so then I, I actually, like, uh, they rustled the bushes, uh, and then they looked, and they said, okay, thank you so much. We'll go talk to my cousin. And uh, that, like uh, this this was a bone of contention. Her and her cousin, DK's cousin, isn't the greatest. And uh, But right as they were walking out, the, the, the mom, she said, wait, wait a second, wait a second. You forgot about one thing that was uh, on your grandfather's bedside table. And uh, DK's kind of face froze, uh, and G turned around, and she said, what? And she said, well, the mermaid house, uh, your grandfather's mermaid house. And uh, and DK said, thanks, thanks. And then they went on, and and nothing was said about it. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. And then we headed over to the cousin's house. 
And like I said, her and her cousin didn't get along that great. Her, you know, she didn't want, she would rather live with, uh, G, you know, because her cousin, I guess, is perfect, one of those perfect brats. And so they went over there and they, and then she, she, she they were very straightforward about it. They said, well, uh, I heard you got to clock uh, and her, pa- you know, her cousin's parents were there. So this was like an official thing, you know, because they're pain in the butts. So they definitely didn't need to see Uncle Simon floating around. Uh, but so they said, the 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 the, the, the young my young ladies, uh, DK and G. They said, "Well, uh, I heard you got Grandpa's clock. Uh, could we? Can I? Could I see it?" And she said, "Well, be careful, don't break it." And she said, "Okay, I just want to. You could hold it. I just want to hear it snap open, pop open." And she said, "Gee, like so great, like uh, how'd you get it?" And she said, "Well, Grandpa left it for me." And she goes, "Oh," and she goes, "Didn't he?" She she goes, and then it became an issue. Didn't he? And she goes, "Well, he did, but uh, it didn't have room for what he gave to me." And uh, G's very fierce, you know. She says, "Well, prove it. Prove that uh, he gave in." And G went right. She goes, are you sure you don't have the music box or it's glasses? And her cousin said, music box and glasses? What do they do with that? And then she popped the clock and the alarm went off. Uh, she said, what are you going to do with that? She goes, this clock is retro cool. You know, so, okay, anyway. And at that time, you know, her cousin's mom came and she goes, well, here's the, like, uh, letter for the, from the lawyer that says, uh, she gets the clock, uh, and they said, okay, okay. And, and luckily, you know, they're on the case, even though this is, you know, uh, a situation. Uh, G said, well, do you mind if we keep this letter for our records? You know, go, can you go make me a case? She goes, well, I got a PDF. You could take the, the paper copy. So it was a clue, uh, but we also had another clue that we needed to talk to our friend, uh, DK about so then uh, the girl I I don't I, I I actually made a mistake I said when I buy you girls some popsicles uh, but then I don't have any pants I mean I'm wearing pants uh, you know what I mean they don't have earthly pants and I have pants from the big farm they're you know translucent we can't see anything anyway don't worry I was like I didn't have pockets we'll say that or money to pay for popsicles but the girls did. So they had the popsicles and uh, said, well, what, what was the other thing on the nightstand? What was the mermaid house? And uh, DK started to describe it to us. It was her grandfather's comfort item. At first I said, well, then maybe that clock's his comfort, the tick, tick, ticking. But she said, no, that's how he, he liked it to have time. I guess time made him comfortable too. But she said he had this mermaid house from his aquarium. He loved aquariums. He loved the water, and he loved mer- you know he liked having things in his aquarium. Even she was she was telling stories about even when he didn't have fish, he would have an aquarium. It would be empty of water, but it would still be set up. She goes, he liked the setup more than the fish. Not that he didn't like the fish, and she was in particular he loved the mermaid house. And she goes, he had this one mermaid house. And I said, of the sand castle, the faux sand, and she said, close. She goes, this one was more of a, she, she goes, this wasn't a strophe. She goes, it was a reddish, uh, some reddish sea, sea uh, what do you call them, uh, leaves or sea plants. Uh, 
that were weaved into a mermaid house. Uh, it's a little more natural than a fake sandcastle castle. And she would tell us how he would carry it around in his hand and how carrying it around it had developed this sheen from his touch and that he kept it at his bedside. And just like our stuff, he would keep it in his bed with him. You know, really like a talisman uh, to bring him calm along with his ticking clock and then uh, DK's music box. So he was made very comfortable, which kind of put me at ease and it puts the rest of us at ease. And it made us forget about the one thing, but then we headed over to the lawyer's. Uh, and it was pretty funny being in the lawyer's office as a... As a you know, as you know, appear I was appearing as an apparition, uh, but they they let met with the lawyer, and the lawyer sat the girls down, gave him, you know, like this was a nice lawyer. They, you know, they said you want some sparkling water, you want some cocoa. Very, very nice, nice. I said, okay, well, you should, and, but uh, also my 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 little niece Jay's very. Uh, astute so she said we're here to talk about this letter and the lawyer said should i bill you by the hour or do you? and she goes she goes uh, we'll ask you you know they're having a little back and forth but in a fun way and you know there was some again some smoothing and some interpersonal stuff that you know had to happen too because this lawyer she seemed to care and she also kind of seemed that was excited to have the two young ladies in her office so they talked about the letters. She said, yeah, your grandfather left, you know, you left the clock and then the equal amount of money for you both in your college funds. Uh, and the same goes for everything with his estate. Uh, and just like he left you the aquarium stuff. And, uh, and she goes, it was too bad, you know, but it probably was the best that you didn't keep the aquarium stuff, you know, because we didn't know where... You know, now that you're living with DK, if we could have known that, but we sold all the aquarium stuff uh, with the estates. Uh, and DK goes, you know, that's fine, that's fine. I, I like, uh, I didn't really want the aquarium stuff. Uh, it would have been cool. But she goes, I think he would have wanted it uh, not boxed up and set up right away. And, and she goes, yeah. And the lawyer said, well, what's this all about anyway? How, how, what, why, what brings you down here? Because it seems like we're just talking about stuff we already knew. And DK said, well, I can't, I can't find my music box, and it's not with any of my stuff. And she goes, the last time I saw it was with Grandpa. And the lawyer said, yeah, there wasn't a music like I She goes, I have a photographic memory, much like Cam Jansen, I guess. She could have been, you know, Camilla Jansen, attorney at law, but she said, you know, there wasn't a music box uh, with this stuff. Uh, and she goes, yeah, it just meant a lot to me. Uh, it was my, you know, my parents, and then I left it for Grandpa. And she goes, I loaned it to him to keep him company. I played Frere Jacques. And the lawyer said, "I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have the slightest clue where she was. So, she was. It really meant a lot to you, huh?" She goes, "Yeah, I'd like to lie in bed and listen to it, uh, like just like great grandpa would with his uh, mermaid house." Uh, she goes, she, "She goes, you know, I, he he would hold on to them, and then they, you know, his grand grandfather was a well-liked show. Oh yeah, I remember that mermaid house and." Uh, 
Yeah, I remember it. I, I, like he, that was his comfort. You know, they talked and the lawyer talked about her comfort item, which was a Manchichi uh, clip on that she would clip on her pinky. So then they talked about the Manchi, and they were all saying Manchichi, but then the girls didn't know what a Manchichi was. But mostly it's just fun to say Manchichi. I was saying it too. Hopefully the lawyer, she did look around once, but I don't think she knew it. And they said, geez, well, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, yeah, we did, like, uh, we sold that. Uh, and uh, she goes, uh, she goes, well, what about the mermaid house? Uh, she goes, I think I know who bought it. She goes, let me look at my records. I think I, like, know who got the uh, aquarium stuff. Uh, she goes, why don't, why don't you, uh, and then G took over. She said, yeah, if you have the information, she goes, could we contact the buyer of the aquarium and see if we could get the uh, mermaid house? Uh, and the lawyer said, yeah, no problem, no problem. So then, and I, like, you know, I don't know the legalities, but it was all on the, all, all on the board, above the board. So she said, yeah, here, here it is, here it is, uh, Dolores Jones or some such thing. Name changed for, you know, for her own aquarium protection. And she said, yeah, you could go get the uh, mermaid house. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, you know, I remember he packed, he, he packed it. And she, she goes, wait a second. She, he packed that up. Uh, and then, and then G said, oh, the mermaid house. She goes, was it all boxed together? The mer-? And then she says, said, it is. And the girls were out of there in a flash. Because uh, my niece had con- and I had connected the dots. Believe me, I, I was I was uh, close to as fast as G. Saying, "What if the mer- music box is in with the mermaid house? What if it, what if they're back together?" So we raced across town again by bike, uh, knocked on the door of Dolores's house. Uh, she let the girl. This kind of slowed it down. Uh, she said, oh, come in for, did you girls like a tea party? She, she she wanted to have a tea party. They said, well, we're here. Did you purchase it? She said, after our tea party. She said, I have tea cozies and I have, uh, I have doilies. She goes, let's, let's get, and then they had a tea party. Uh, luckily, uh, time's different for me. So it wasn't so bad, but it took forever they did have some sort of like a lavender peach tea or something. So it seemed like a, they did have a laugh and they kind of made this woman's day and they, they had like biscuits and like uh, there was a couple stuffed animals that attended and then G got to talk like, then it, she was able to make the transition as they were, you know, talking to the stuffed animals, like they were real people. Uh, G said, oh, I wish Fofi was here. And then she said, what's that? You know, the woman, she said, what's that, your dog? Is it a poodle? I find most poodles named it. She goes, no, no, it's my mop head. And she said, I'm sorry, mop head. And she goes, yeah, Fofi, it's like my mop, it's by my, my, my uh, it's kind of like a stuffed animal. It's a mop head that I uh, keep close to me. It's my Fofi. I just call it Fofi. Sometimes I call it my foofy, you know, if I'm like uh, upset more, uh, or I say leave my foofy alone. But uh, it's it's my foofy, and then of course there's a conversation turned to Karen's foofy, and DK said, uh, "Well, that's why we're here. 
where uh, did you purchase, you know, aquarium set, that was my grandfather's. Well, she said, well, the lawyer called and told me that's why you were coming. And, uh, yeah, she goes, I did. And she goes, I'm just, uh, I've just been setting it up. Why don't you come downstairs and I'll show you. And they went down there, and the glass, the aquarium was clean, and it was set up on a table, and it was filled with multicolor, no water, filled with multicolored rocks. She said, these are glow rocks, and then she turned on some black lights, and the rocks glowed in the black lights. And the girls politely oohed and odd because they wanted to get to the friggin' point, and, uh, she said, yeah, I've been unboxing this stuff. And she goes, is there a mermaid house in there? And the woman says, actually, there's two boxes labeled mermaid box in there. And they said, what, what, what? You know, and then they nodded and looked at each other. And I looked at them. I said, yes, this case is about to be closed. And she said, the lawyer said, you might want, she goes, you can have the mermaid houses uh, if you wish. Like, uh, she goes, this has been, you know, it's been a joy just to have you. And I wish maybe you could come over with your mermaid house. And the girls, they said, well, just get, you know, come get us, please give us the mermaid houses box, uh, boxes labeled mermaid house. And she pulled them out and then DK opened the first one in a flurry and inside in a plastic bag was a brand new version of the comfort item of her grandfather. So the same mermaid house, just brand new. And then, you know, kind of killed the mood a little bit, and then they rushed to the next box. They opened it up, and inside was Grandpa's mermaid house. But tucked in the middle of the mermaid house was a note. Uh, and at first, DK was a little bit like uh, hoping her music box was going to be in there. So her shoulders shrumped, you know, slumped a little. And she opened the note and uh, she looked at it. And, uh, you know, she had to read it to people, you know, because she was in company. And she read it and it said, I hope this mermaid house reminds you how much I love you. Uh, DK, and I hope my love can carry across the oceans of time and space and find its way to you. And Karen kind of held, you know, the hold, held a note, and then the three of them held each other. And then she held the mermaid house to her chest, uh, and she took the other one, and they, they said the polite, you know, polite things. Then we headed back to the house and up into G's room, and you know, she, she seemed to be happy. And they they put the one mermaid house. They said, "Let's leave it." They were joking about it. They were still in the plastic, and what was it like? Uh, and she seemed to have this new item there. And uh, she held it, and I could see, like, almost like the traces of his fingerprints on there, of how he had held it. And Foofy was there, and I was thinking about my ship in a bottle. And I was thinking about the note. And I said, I'm thinking, and I vocalized this. I said, I'm thinking, thinking about my ship in a bottle looking at you, too. And then... I was thinking about the note across the time, the oceans of time and space. 
And then I said, goodness great. I said, look, could you, let me see that note from your grandfather. Holy, 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 double, holy mackerel. And then I said, did you know I had a trout in my pants earlier? It wasn't a mackerel, but a holy mackerel. It feels like there's one now. I don't believe it. And I pulled out, uh, again, I said I didn't have pockets earlier, but that was pockets for earthly things. This was something from the big farm. And I pulled out the note, it was scrolled up, and I unrolled the scroll of the watermarked note, and I held it up next to the note from Karen's grandfather, and the writing was the same. And they said, this case isn't closed. He said, it's just begun. And I said, we're going to find that music. I said, you enjoy that mermaid house. I'm going to go back up to the big farm. We're all going to get a good night's sleep because, uh, you know, this has been a, what a long day. And DK, DK, so good to have you in our family now. Also, probably take your uh, kid mind a while to absorb meeting me and spending the day with me. Though maybe you're right in the right stage of development to accept these kind of things. So it'll work out great for you in the long run. And gee... We're going to close this case together, but not tonight. Let's get a good night's sleep, uh, and then I'll find out, uh, because this message in a bottle came to me across the oceans of time and space to get to here. So I just got to find your grandfather and ask him where the heck, uh, where the heck the music box is. Is that easy? And they said, holy, you know, they said, holy mackerel, I think, uh, they said, all right, good night, uh, new roommates, and I, I'm going to go back to the big farm. And I went back to the big farm, and I fluffed my pillows and got in bed, and I put a pillow under my arm and imagined it was a boy shipping a bottle. And I imagined I was a message in a bottle floating on a, like a, a sea that wasn't quite calm, that was calming, a calming sea. Which isn't com- you know, which isn't super calm or super rough, uh, like floating and bobbing, the sun working its way through the surface of the top of the water, you know, gently carrying on the current, and I drifted off uh, in a dreamland. Till next time, with your friend Simon, Big Farm, PI. Good night.